This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. I'm concluding our series, a two-part series entitled, Hey, Thanks. And so this is a, a kind of a weird Sunday, if I'm honest. Like, when we look at this Sunday, it's like, it's still November, but we're on the heels of Thanksgiving, right? But then it's like, it's not Christmas yet. Don't kill me, I'm sorry. But it's not Christmas just yet. But it does feel like Christmas, right? So we kind of like fall in the middle. I mean, everything that you see, you know, is, is, is decorated for Christmas. Even through my neighborhood this morning, like we had people. There was like people at like 6.30 a.m. that were like putting up Santa inflatables and stuff. But I'm like... Don't kill me, but it's not Christmas. Like, I'm just trying to be honest, but it's just a weird Sunday, so I decided to embrace it, and so here you go. We changed the graphic a little bit. There you go. I don't want to start a fight today. You know, I'm just saying, you know, Ohio State lost. I am a little sad, but, but I'm in the fighting mood. But I don't want to start a fight, so here we go. It's called Hey Thanks. So let's do this. Let's pray, then let's get to work this morning. Jesus, we love you, and we thank you. Pastor Jason talked about it last week that Man, it communicates gratitude when we actually express our thankfulness to you. And so we thank you for this moment. Thank you for, that, for all that you've given us. Bless us. Talk to us today in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said? Amen. Amen. I've heard it said that you never know what you've got until it's gone. You heard this said, anybody? You heard this said before? Now, typically when I've heard this said, it's been associated with death, with dying, with somebody passing away or, or the extreme loss of something. So let me just take the air out of the room. We're not talking about death today. <laughs> We're not talking about dying or anything like that. But I've heard this, this said, and just for a moment, I'd like to, if I can, I'd like to just revise this and just take out one word and, and, and place one word in it. And I'll, I'll say it this way, that you never know what you have until it's time. Now, here, here's what I mean by that. If you've been through any schooling system, whether it be here in the United States or perhaps you're from somewhere else and you went through the schooling system there, you, you've definitely been through uh, the, the situation where you procrastinated. Anybody ever procrastinated on an assignment? Okay, yes, there it is. You procrastinated on something and you let something go. You pushed it off and you said, I'll get to it later. Or maybe something just kind of snuck up on you. Like maybe there was a deadline or something like that just kind of snuck up. I mean, even 2022, can we all agree this year has flown by? It's, like, it's, it's crazy. And so this has happened to you. And when this happens, you probably develop the divine discipline, the holy discipline of cramming. In that moment, when you, you seen this deadline coming, whether it was a, a test or a quiz or an exam, and you had to cram a lot of information in a little bit of time to pass whatever test or quiz it was, you, you had to develop this in your life. Maybe this hadn't happened to you. Maybe you're a better student than me, and this maybe happened at work. Maybe there was a presentation that you had to give and your boss said, hey, you, you got to get it done by this time. Or maybe there was a new pitch that you were working on that you had to give and, and under, the, under the compulsion of time, you just had to go and, and get it done. And, and here's the deal. You didn't know what you had until it was time. And we do this with, with holidays and, and events and, and birthdays. Maybe you have a friend and, and you see on Facebook, oh, it's their birthday, and, and somehow the date slipped your, your mind. So maybe you didn't even know, and, and then at the right time, you figured out, okay, I got to get something ready for this. Perhaps your kid said, mom, dad, like, I got this thing going on. Like, I got this, this, this event going on. You got to get me to this, or I got to sign up for this, and, and you put it off. But then when it was time, you had to cram at the last minute to get it in. And here's the deal. I think that we do this with a lot of areas in our life. Tests, assignments, quizzes, events, parties, trips even. Like, like 
imagine you have to leave tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. to the airport to fly somewhere. Who packs? It, like, you're going to, after this service, if this was you, you would go home and pack right now. Okay. All right. Now, who would pack at like 10 a.m., 10 p.m. tonight? Anybody? You would pack 10 p.m. tonight and leave? Okay. So, so we do this, right? We all do this. And here's my point. We cram for all of these things. And if we're not careful, what will happen is we begin to cram for other things that are a little bit more uh, important in our life. And more often than not, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we cram for thankfulness. You see, we look at our calendar in January through December, and once it gets to Thanksgiving time and, and, and November and Christmas and December, we think, oh, now I should be a thankful person. Now I should, I should be a grateful person. Oh, now I should be thankful for all the things that God has done. And listen to me. Like, I, I'm not mad that we highlight the idea of thankfulness during these, these months. I think that's incredible. But I'm just, just simply suggesting that I don't think that our thankfulness has to be relegated to just two months out of the year. Like, I love the fact that last week and today, we opened up service with a song that talks about he, talking about Jesus, he's risen. And I love that because we're talking about this, this like, Easter-like language, but it doesn't have to be Easter to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. Like, I love that because I don't think we have to stuff thankfulness. I don't think we have to stuff certain things into just certain periods of time. I'll say it like this, that I believe that God desires for us to live a life of thankfulness not just the season. I believe that. I believe God desires for us to live a life of thankfulness and not just a season. So here's the question I have for you today. Do you live a life of thankfulness or do you tend to cram your thankfulness in when it's time? Do you live a life of thankfulness or do you cram your thankfulness in when there's enough money in your bank account to make you feel secure? Do you live a life of thankfulness or do you tend to cram your thankfulness in when it's convenient or when it's expected or when your kids are doing that which you told them to do or when it feels like you and your spouse are on the same wavelength and on the same page? Do you live a life of thankfulness? I'll say it like this. Like if I had to ask your closest friends and family, hey, describe this person, describe their character, who they really are. And use five character traits. Would the word thankful be included? Now, I don't know for me if it would be included. Like, I hope it is. I, I think that I'm a thankful person. I, I endeavor to be a thankful person. But, but if you ask some of my friends and my family, I, I don't know if they would say, yes, I would characterize him as thankful. I don't know if it would make the top five. And you say this, you say, well, 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 Pastor, I say, what does this have to do? A life of thankfulness with God. What does that have to do? I would say, friend, it has everything to do because thankfulness honors God. You could write that in your notes. Thankfulness honors God. I'll show it to you. I'll prove it to you. In Psalm chapter 50, verse 23, the first part, the, the A, I love it out of the New Living Translation. It says, but giving thanks, this is God, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. This is God saying this, that, that thankfulness, it honors him. And, and if you're a believer in the room, if you put your faith, your hope, your trust in Jesus, you have a relationship with him, you know this, that, that this is your goal. You know this is, that, that, that this is what you're trying to go after to honor the Lord. And even if, even if you're not, there's so many people in this world that, that, that man, they, they seek to honor that which is greater 
than themselves, even if you don't have that, that type of relationship. I see this played out, you know, when a celebrity like gets an award or, or an athlete receives an award for an accomplishment. The first thing everybody does is, man, I just want to thank God, you know, because without him, I'd be, I wouldn't be here and all this stuff. And sometimes what's funny is like, you don't know like what this person is known for or what they've accomplished or you're like, who is this person? Maybe you see them on an award show. And what's funny is you'll go and you'll like Instagram them or, or you'll Google them and you're like, yo, what, 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 what's so special about them? And and then you can tell, like, yo, this person is as far from God as possible. Like, has that ever happened to you? You're like, you're like, yo, this rapper, like, he's talking about God, but these lyrics are not about God. Because all of us, we have this thing in us that we seek to honor that which is greater than us. So a life of thankfulness, it honors God. I believe that God wants us to live a life of thankfulness, not just a season. Matter of fact, let me say it like this. Here's my whole sermon in one sentence. Thankfulness is not a season, it's a way of life. Thankfulness is it's not a season, it's a way of life. It's not just relegated to just this time of the year or just for the next 30 days. No, 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 it is a way of life. So here's what I want to do today for just the rest of our time. I want to give us some keys to thankfulness, some keys to thankfulness that I think if you'll apply to your life, you'll take to your life. I think what it'll do, it'll change your life. It'll be a whole game changer for you. So you guys ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Here it is. First key to thankfulness, if you're going to live a life of thankfulness, not just a season, but a whole life of thankfulness. The first one is this. You got to find joy. Everybody say, find joy. You got to find joy. So, so Jesus He's in his public ministry at this point. I'm going to take us to the book of John in just a moment. He's in his public ministry. And, and he's just got done telling his disciples that, you know what, he's going to be leaving earth in some time, but, but they had no need to worry. He was going to send the, the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide and to comfort them. And, and he had just said that famous passage, that famous truth, that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father except by me. And so Jesus is, is teaching this. And at this time, He's talking about staying connected to him, just as he is connected to his father and his father is connected to him. So Jesus is teaching his disciples. And then he drops this line on them right in the middle. He says this, John 15, 11, I have told you this so that my, what's this word? Joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And Jesus lived with joy. He lived with joy because despite what was happening around him, he, he, his joy came from being in the right position, the right, the right um, um, status with God, the right, the right place with God. He lived with this. And he says that I want my joy to be in you, the joy that I live with. I want you to have that. And I want you to be full in this type of joy. And it's incredible what he says here. Now, now, if you're looking for a definition of joy, I love this. One of my favorite preachers, Dr. Tony Evans, says that joy is this. Here's what joy is. It's internal stability. In spite of external circumstances, because, here it is, of the knowledge that God is in control. And, and Jesus lived this way, family. Like, like Jesus lived this way that he, he had joy all around him. We're not going to read it today, but if you go to Luke chapter 1, verse 41, there's this amazing story. Mary has just been told that Jesus was inside of her and that he was going to change the world. So she takes these things, she ponders them in her heart, and then she goes to talk to her cousin Elizabeth. Now, her cousin Elizabeth, what she is, she's pregnant with a little boy named John the Baptist, and he would be the forerunner to introduce people to Jesus. And it says this in Luke chapter 1, verse 41, that as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus, as soon as she heard her greeting, the boy, John the Baptist, leapt in her womb. 
So here's what we see. Even before Jesus becomes the man Jesus, he is introducing joy to the world. Like he didn't even have to be outside of his mother's womb and people, the people around him were already feeling joy. I love this. We're not going to read today, but in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, the writer of Hebrews is talking about how Jesus is greater than angels. And in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9, he says this, that, that um, God has anointed Jesus with the oil of joy. Paul would say in Galatians 5 that, that if you have joy, that, that, that that's a fruit. That's a byproduct of being connected to the Holy Spirit. And I, I love that. So here's what I'm trying to say, finding joy. Finding joy, it helps us live a life of thankfulness. What I'm simply saying to us today, family, is that if Jesus walked and carried joy, and joy was so much on him that people around him felt it, even from the womb, people felt the joy that he would bring. Got to remember, Jesus is healing people, right? Jesus is saving people and lifting people up. What is that doing? It's not making everyone sad. It's making everyone joyful. Jesus carried joy. So if he did that, then those of us that are followers of him are to feel joy as well. Are you getting me this morning? Like if we follow Jesus, then we should be conduits of God's joy. And I love that about Jesus. Here's the deal. You got to find joy. If we're really going to live a life of thankfulness, you got to go and find joy. Now, it's right about here where you're thinking to yourself, but how do I find joy when joy is hard to find? Like, how do I find joy when I just spent Thanksgiving away from that family member that passed away and my heart is broken? And I'm looking, Christmas is coming. And they used to make that special thing. They used to do that special thing, and now they're not going to be here. How do I find joy? How do I find joy when I'm not well in my body? How do I find joy when I'm not well in my mind? How do I find joy when it seems as though my spouse could care less about me? How do I find joy when my kids are wrecked? How do I find joy when there's so much month left and not a lot of money? How do I find joy? Are you ready? Here's what I believe. I believe in these moments, you have to settle in your heart that despite outside circumstances, God is good. And then you know what you got to do? You got to find joy anyway. You got to settle in your heart that, that, you know what? God is good. And despite the external stuff, he's good. And I got to find joy anyway. Family, write this down. Joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. Happenings is based on what's happening around you. So, so if the Buckeyes would have won yesterday, I would have been happy. But since they didn't, I'm sad, but I love them. It's all right. Right? It's, it's based on happenings. But joy, joy is a choice. You and I, we have, we have the same opportunity. We may be a lot different. You might be like, yo, this guy's a lot darker than me in skin tone, and it's all good. But we all have the same opportunity. We may be different. We may talk different. We may, you can laugh. It's all good, everybody. Everybody's like, oh, I don't know. Oh. I'm not getting fired, right? Okay, great. Woo. Sometimes you got to check. Well, listen, joy is a choice. We may be different, but we all have the same beautiful opportunity when we wake up in the morning. Because here's the deal. Joy is a choice. Whatever you're looking for, when you wake up in the morning, you can find. If you're looking for something to be mad about, you can find it. If you're looking for something to be sad about, you can find it. When you wake up in the morning, we may be different, but we both have the same opportunity. If you're looking for something to be disappointed by and discouraged by, you can find it. But the opposite, friends, is true. 
if you're looking for something to be uplifted by and happy with, you can find it. If you're looking for something to be thankful for, you can find it because joy is a choice. If you're going to live a life, not just a season, but a life of thankfulness, friends, you got to find joy. It's a choice. And here's the other thing. I love that joy is free. Finding joy is free. And in a world where everything costs something, right, like gas prices are here, there, and everywhere, and, and Publix is expensive, although shopping's a pleasure, like, it, it's, you know, it's just, come on now, like, but finding joy, friends, is free. Are you hearing me today? You can, find, you can live a life of thankfulness, not just a season, but a life of thankfulness, but finding joy is free. So you can do this. When you wake up in the morning, you can do this. I got this. Everybody say, I got this. You got this. You want to live a life of thankfulness, man? You got to find joy. Here's the second thing. I want to keep moving. I got a lot more. Here it is. Second thing, you got to look around. You're going to live a life of thankfulness. You, you got to find joy, but you got to look around. I love this. David is in a cave. King David, before he's king, he's, there's a rivalry that's sparking between King Saul and himself. And David, here's what he does, man. Like, he, he goes on the run. He goes to a city and finds out he's not safe there, so he runs and he finds himself in a cave. And it's in that cave that he writes Psalm chapter 34. And I just want to lift one verse to you and hopefully give you something that will encourage you. Here it is. David says from the cave that I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord at all, what? Times. Now, when I read this, it's, it's like the, that word time just kind of jumped off the text to me. And when I read this, I thought about good times. And I thought about bad times. You know, you know what else I thought? I thought also about, about time as in like past and present and future. If you want to live a life, not just a season, of thankfulness, then you're going to have to begin to learn. Sometimes it's good to press pause on life, to stop, and to just look around. Family, when I did that this week, I began to get encouraged. Because as I look around my life, as I look around, I got to look backwards. And as I look backwards, I see all that God has done for me. Pastor Jason, if I had time, I don't. But if I had time this morning, I'd tell the whole church about October 19th, 1991, in Cleveland, Ohio, there was a little black boy that was born in a hospital. Doctors said that, man, he's going to be sick. Doctors said that, man, he's medically fragile. He's what they would call a crack baby. And I love the fact that God had his hand on my life, and he ushered me from the situation I was into a family that would nurture me and that would grow me. Come on, and would love me. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm not that cool. But God had his hand on my life. So when I begin to look around, I see, oh, God, you have done so much for me. Pastor Jay said, I don't have time. But if I did have time, I'd tell everybody about that. If I had more time, you know what I'd do? I'd tell you about times in my life where God has provided for me when I didn't even really have to look at my bank statement because guess what? There was money in there. And even when I was like, oh, man, I hope this thing works. And I swiped at Walmart, it worked. And it was so good because God has provided for me. Oh, I would tell everybody if I had some time this morning, I'd tell you about times where I, I got some stuff that I did not deserve, that I did some things that were wrong. If I had time, I'd say, down and tell you, I'd be honest, I'd be open, I don't have time for all that, but God has forgiven me. I wonder if there's anybody here in this first service that would just raise your hand and say, you know what, God has actually been really good, and if I had the whole day, that wouldn't even amount to all that God has done for me. Oh. <laughs> I woke up too early. But here's the deal. Listen, you got to begin to look around, and when you look around at your life, you'll see what God 
has done. That's just the past. I don't have time to all talk about all that. But if I had time, I'd still talk to you about the present moment. Like, do you know what it took to get you here in this moment? Uh, let me refresh your memory. It took seven nights from last Sunday to this Sunday to get you here. Do you know what can happen in seven nights? Unless God keeps your house and protects your house, those firearms and that ADT is not going to do anything. But God protected you. Unless God keeps your house, you, you're not protected, but you made it here. So many of us, check this out, so many of us drove multiple times this whole week going on things like I-4, oh Lord help us, or I-75, and God protected. Do you know what can happen to you on the roads? And God protected you and got you to this moment. God has been so good to you. And somebody in the back is like, yeah, well, I got in a wreck this week. So what you got to say about that? Well, at least you got in a wreck in a country where first responders within minutes can help you. Come on, you got to find joy. Help me out. Like, like, yo, you got to begin to look around. God got you to this point. You got shelter and we got food. And I know you don't have everything that you want. And there's still some things on your, on your wish list that you want to get. But thankfulness is not about what you, all, what you don't have. It's about what you already have. It's not about what you, what you want. Thankfulness is not about like, oh, what I don't have. It's about what you already have. We have to live lives of thankfulness. This is what thankfulness is about. It's, it's not about that. Thankfulness, here's what it does. It, it turns what I have into enough. It, it turns what I have into uh, that I'm going to be good. And that's just our past and our present. So looking at all God has done helps us to live lives of thankfulness. If you're a believer, your hope is found in Jesus, and you can look forward to life with anticipation and with hope and with expectation at what God would do. Friends, I'm trying to tell you, you got to find joy, but here's the deal. You got to look around. Master the art of sometimes pressing pause on life and just just looking around and say, God, look what you have done. When you do that, here's what you'll begin to do. You'll be like David, and you'll say, you know what? I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continue. I have a reason to say thank you. Right now, if when you woke up, you never said thank you, now would be a good time to just say thank you, God. <laughs> like, now would be a good time to pause and just say, you know what? I, I appreciate you, God. Thank you for all that you have done. Is this helping anybody this morning? Woo! I came here ready this morning. All right, here's the third one. You ready? If you're going to live a life of thankfulness, you have to receive thankfully. This is trippy, but we'll get through it together. You have to receive thankfully. You got to receive thankfully. David asks a question in Psalm 116, verse 12. I want to take you. This is crazy. He says this, what shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I love the NLT. The NLT says this, what can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me. David asked the million dollar question, what, what, what we, how do we repay a God who has given so much to us? How do we repay him? I love what he says in verse 13, the verse after he says this, I will lift up, and some translations here said, I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Here, here's what David understood, that God is a generous and a giving God. And do you know how you repay a generous and giving God? You take that which he has given to you and you take it thankfully. David understood this. Gratitude and, and thanksgiving had gotten David to this point where he said, what can I offer the Lord? And he figured out, you know what? Here's what I do with a generous and a giving person. I, I, I accept that which they give 
to me. I love this because this verse, though it's located in Psalms, has some connections to the night in which Jesus would go on to be arrested and then tried and crucified. But at the last supper, the Bible says this, that Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And, and, and he and his disciples, what does what his disciples do? They accepted the cup that was given to them. A few hours later, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. He says to his father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In this moment, Jesus goes on to accept that which is given to him. So you want to live a life of thankfulness, learn what it is to thankfully receive all that God gives to you. How, how, do, you, how do you repay God? We could never repay him, all that he's done for us, all that he's given to us, all that he's provided. We could never give anything that would amount to even close to all that he's giving us and he's given us. We could never do that, but what we can do is accept that which he gives to us. We talk so much, and I think there's such a powerful principle about being a cheerful giver. But I think it's also important to be a thankful receiver as well. There's, there's something that happens when we say, okay, God, I, I'm, I'm going to just accept all that you are giving me. That's how we live a life of thankfulness. Man, so, so accepting, thankfully, what God gives you, that, that'll help you live a life of thankfulness. I, I remember, and I'm done here, but I remember Pastor Jason, you and I, had, we had a conversation a couple years ago. And in this conversation, we're just kind of sorting something through that I was, that I was talking to him about. And, and, and as my pastor, he said some incredible, incredible words that I'd never forgotten. And, and, and as I was prepping this, it, it came to my mind. And Pastor Jason, you said in that moment, if God ever sends people along your path, along your journey to bless you, let them bless you. Like, like let them bless you. That, giving and generous people, like, how do you repay them? How do you show them that you receive that which they give to you? Like, if you said, nah, I don't want this, that's offensive, right? Because truly generous and truly grateful people, here's what they do. It's in their nature, right? It's in their character. It's in their DNA. And so Pastor Jason told me in that moment, if you ever have the opportunity that, and somebody blesses you, they want to they just help you out. They feel like God put something on their heart for you, but just let them do it. It's in that moment that I learned, you know what? It's amazing to be a cheerful giver. But it's also amazing to be a thankful receiver. So I, I want to conclude how we began. I asked you a question earlier. I said that if I would ask your friends and your family to describe you, your character, who you really are, not the person that we see with the mask on, but the, the real you, in five words, would they use the word thankful. I, only you can answer that. I, I don't know for you. Only you could know. But here's what I want us to do today. Here's the takeaway. Here's the challenge. I want us to commit the next 12 months to living lives of thankfulness. Not just right now. Like, 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 not just right now, in the next 30 days, when it's popular, when it's expected, when the people want you to do it. No, no, no. For the next 12 months, I want us to commit, make this decision right here, right now, that I'm going to live a life of thankfulness. So much so that if my friends and family were asked, uh, how is that person? They'd say you're thankful. More importantly, 
the God of heaven who has given you so much, given us so much, when he looks down from heaven, he would say, yeah, that's a thankful person. I want us to decide right now in this moment that we're going to live lives of thankfulness. So for some of us in the room, here's what it's going to mean. It's going to mean that you set a, a calendar date right, right now, like in January or in February, when it's not popular, when the, the season's greetings have come and gone, that, that you're going to check in with yourself and say, how am I doing? What can I do today in, in January, in February to live a life of thankfulness. For some of us, you're going to need to go today, right after service. You're going to have to go and get like a little journal, a thankfulness journal or a gratitude journal, something like that, and begin to write every day something that you're thankful for, something that you're grateful for. Because what you're doing is you're teaching yourself to live a life, not just a season, but a life of thankfulness. I want us to commit together to doing that. Find joy. You can find it. It's free. Man, learn to look around and pause sometimes. Just look at life. Look at all that God has done for you. And when people come along your way to bless you and to give to you, accept it, receive it thankfully. God is a generous and a giving God. Probably the most popular verse in the whole Bible says it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave. And there are people, there'll be people in your life that want to give. Just receive. Say, God, I... I'll receive all that you have from me. Let's commit to do that because thankfulness is not a season. It's a way of life. Let's pray right now. Let's bow our heads and pray. Jesus, we, we, we love you. And in this moment, all of us, if we were to take time to think of all that you've done for us, it's worth living a life, not a season, but a life of, of thankfulness. So, so thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for all that you're doing right now for us. Sometimes we can't see it because you're meeting our needs and our wants so seamlessly that we don't even see it. We don't even feel it. But thank you for all of that. Lord, thank you for that which you're working on we can't even see. Fill us with joy today. Let us find it. Let us look around and marvel at all that you've done and let us receive thankfully today that which you have for us. Pray that this message will get deep into our hearts. I pray not only this message, but last week's message that when we feel gratitude, we would express it. We would not communicate ingratitude, but we would, um, we would, we would express gratitude for all that you've done for us. We love you. You're an amazing God, an awesome God. You've been better to us than we've even been to ourselves. So for that, we give you thanks today. With every head still bowed, every eye closed, I want to just ask this question. If you'd say, you know what, I haven't even taken the first step and, and began a relationship with Jesus, and today I'd love to do that. Or maybe you say, I, I have a relationship, but today, man, I, I just feel something different. I just want to start again. I want to restart right now, if you would. Nobody's looking around. Would you just slip up your hand? I just want to pray for you in this moment. Come on, if that's you, amen, amen. I see those hands, amen. This is your fresh start. This is your moment. Anybody else, I see those. I love it. Perhaps you're online with us today. You're making that decision from your living room. God sees you. God loves you. This is the best day ever. Just say something like this in your own heart, in your own words. Jesus, I know I've done wrong, but today I come to you and I ask for forgiveness. Would you come into my life? Make me new. 
don't just fix me up a little bit, but make me new. Today, I'm deciding to start a new, a fresher relationship with you. I'll follow you all of the rest of my days. I love you in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said amen. Church, make some noise. We have people except Jesus. So incredible, so incredible.